lovelies and welcome to another edition of lgbt in the ring your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling i am your host brian bell and it is the best time of the year here on lgbt in the ring it's the time of year where we close out qwi season the 200 has been released but now we have to settle the QWI awards as voted by you, the fans and listeners of LGBT in the ring. We have a number of awards to go through uh, and, and winners to announce all up and downs. Great people to celebrate, but I can't do it alone. Uh, so obviously we have two wonderful guests to be on the show here today to help me work through all of this fun stuff here. Um, oddly enough, both Glitterati members from Grit and Glitter. Uh, but in addition to that, uh, we have from Pro Wrestling Ponderings, uh, Don Hallowell. How are you doing today, Don? I'm doing great. Always great to back have you back on the show. Glad to have you back. And, of course, returning as well, uh, a previous uh, alumna of the QWI Awards show here, uh, Val Pancakes. How are you doing today, Val? fantastic super glad to be here and chat wrestling with y'all likewise likewise i'm i'm happy to have both of y'all here for this prestigious show i guess i don't i don't know i have i have weird feelings about calling my own thing prestigious but um it is the time to celebrate what the fans of pro wrestling what the fans of lgbt pro wrestling saw as the best of 2023 here on the show it's the third year that we've done this um, and I, I love the growth that we are continuing to see, um, both from like, you know, responses to the ballots, but also just from the vast variety of people that are receiving like nomination, uh, nominations in these categories, even if they don't make the final ballot. Like, I think Don, whenever I had you on previously, I talked about there were more than like 120 people that were nominated for wrestler of the year that had to get broken down to like 10 final nominees so it's just amazing to see these outstanding numbers of people that are being celebrated on on the show here but uh we need to get straight to awards i think we need to get to the ones that everybody voted on over the last few weeks or so we're gonna start with one of my favorites every year uh on this on this show we're gonna start with best look this time around i know it's it's usually a highlight of these awards and we're gonna we're gonna start it off fast and strong here with our best look category of course celebrating all of the amazing looks and gear um inspirations and stuff like that from a number of outstanding lgbtq pro wrestlers over the over the last year um and the nominees for for this year are adam bolt anton Voorhees, dark chic eddie mcqueen effie mateo valentine Max the Impaler, Money Power Respect, um, Poyo Domar, and Timeless Tony Storm. And the winner, in a very close vote, I will say, is Dark Sheik. Okay. Yes. Of course, Dark Sheik had a, a... vast array of amazing looks everything from marlena to you know emma frost to uh phoenix various other comic inspirations like all up and down uh plus of course just the iconic cunt uh 
crop top anytime that that showed up on a hood slam show or gcw or anywhere that that she, that she went it was just amazing to see i'm curious to get uh y'all's thoughts on on our winner here as voted by the fans i think it's cool because um she doesn't like a lot of the people that were nominated have like one look you know you think of them and you think of like one singular like very look but um, she pretty much like switches it up all the time and goes in completely different directions. I love the variety that she puts out um, for best look. I think that it's very interesting when you look at the whole field, like how varied it is, though, because you have, you know, Tony Storm and Maxine Paler do not have any sort of similar vibe going on. And I think that that it's cool that people really interpret that their own way and that there's a vast a vast array of people represented. No, I, I completely agree. I, I obviously like that's kind of been reflected in the history of this award. You know, back in 2021, Maxine Paler won this, and then last year Poyle Del Mar won this. And so again, two vastly different presentations <laughs> 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 in terms of look and everything like that. Um, and to see like someone like Dark Sheik who can be sort of a, a chameleon in a lot of ways and draw inspiration from so many different places, you know, to to bring together um to bring together looks and to bring together gear ideas. And it's just really cool to see. And and to Val's point too, just looking at the 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 nominees that we had this year, like you have everybody from like, you know, I guess you could point to like quote unquote more traditional presentations in in like Effie and Adam Bolt. You know, where it just basically boils down to like, you know, a jacket and a certain sort of way they carry themselves in a lot of instances, all the way up to people like, you know, like Max, like Sheik, like Tony Storm, um, who have these sort of like looks that help them embody something completely different. And from Tony kind of like molded herself too throughout the year, yes. like through like different styles. Exactly. Like seeing that transition from Outcast. Tony Storm to Timeless Tony Storm and like the slow progression of it too, like up, up until like ultimately what we got here near the end of the year has been a really, a really fun journey that we haven't really seen too much like delved into from AEW in like previous years. And, and it's weird that like, they had like multiples of those, like, with, like you know, the, the Julia Hart transformation, the sky blue transformation kind of continuing and that sort of thing this year. It's been some, it's been interesting to see how they've implemented that just in terms of like a visual presentation so far yeah and especially since they're not necessarily getting a lot of time on tv you know you if you a uh, visual presentation helps a lot yes yes it does for sure anything to help you like have like that striking moment where people can like latch on to you in, in the ways that that especially tony storm has had um over the last like I'd say four months or so. It's just really cool to see. Um, and then, of course, I had, I can't leave this category without shouting out Money, Power, Respect real quick because the Elton John look at Big Gay Brunch LA was a fucking a fucking key, um, and I absolutely adored it. Uh, <laughs> it so great. Yes, those bedazzled Dodgers jerseys, I'm into it all day long. Um, <laughs> so with that, let's get into um, some more in the ring specific awards, I guess we should say. Let's move to event of the year. So, of course, this is uh, celebrating the, the most uh, loved or appreciated or most exciting for wrestling event from an LGBTQ 
led pr uh, promotion or an LGBT focused event, um, which I'm glad to see that we are getting new uh, names on this award now. It's not just dominated by the Effie's Big Gay Brunches and the Pro Wrestling Vibes and the Hood Slams of the world, although they are definitely present here. <laughs> but we are seeing like a number of places like pop up with with new events celebrating our community. And, and that is a wonderful thing to see. And I continue to hope that we see more new names pop up on, on this award specifically going forward. But the nominations this year for Event of the Year are Effie's Big Gay Brunch LA, um, Effie's Big Gay Brunch UK, Full Queer Folsom Street Fair, Hood Slam American Scream, which um, is, of course, the event where the Hood Slammers save the universe from the fallen. Uh, Pal, You Better Work, which is uh, the first Pride event from Pal Entertainment up in the Chicago area. Um, that one was produced by Mateo Valentine up there, uh, and they're they're doing that again next year. So who knows? They, they might end back up on, on this nomination list again. Pro Wrestling Vibe Bromatica, the event that closed the book on Pro Wrestling Vibe uh, earlier this year down in the D.C. area. And then Pride of the Desert, the uh, the new tournament event uh, concocted by Polio Del Mar out here on the West Coast for Palm Springs Pride. Um, another event that hopefully will be continuing going forward as well. So we have seven nominees, and this might be the most – one. This and might be tie, actually tied for one of the most lopsided votes uh, in in this year's QWI awards in terms of the winner. The winner, Effie's Big Gay Brunch LA. I'm I'm curious, like, I'm curious to see like you know out of three Big Gay Brunch events, two made it onto the nominations. You know, we didn't have the Chicago event there, or or. I guess Big Gay Thanksgiving, that was happening during the voting process, so <laughs> yeah. it doesn't really end up on the list there. But um, to y'all, like, did, do you think that, like, the choice of Big Gay Brunch LA out of the four Big Gay Brunch events that we did see this year, do you think that was the, the standout one in, in your opinions? Yeah, because that, um, that was the collective one, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, that would have been the biggest one. Um, had the um, Miss Fanfare and um got the most like the biggest stars on it um but i do like how he has been having like different areas um i love the thanksgiving one because there was a lot of people there that i didn't know and you know like i like fell in love with just seeing on them on that show so i thought that was cool and i think he has another one coming up too in yeah North down Carolina. in tampa during royal rumble week. Tampa. okay yeah, yeah. that's cool I agree. I think that that I think anything that happens Mania weekend is going to be like the thing, right? So for me, LA was great. I think that you know that really did have the most. Like you were saying, like the most stars, the biggest variety of people, um, more recognizable names than some of the other shows. But I do like that. Um, there's upcoming talent on those shows as well. And that you are getting introduced to maybe people that are just needing like a little extra like push so that people know who they are. Um, I'm really excited to see, you know, what happens in Philadelphia next year. 
I'm looking forward to that Tampa show. It'll be the first big gay brunch other than the UK one that I haven't been able to go to. So I'm a little upset, but it's fine. I'll be okay. <laughs> You'll get that home experience like like that all of us have gotten over the time. Because the, the one <laughs> in LA was the only one that I've been to, you know, which was a, an amazing experience. Not just because I find, got to finally meet you in person, Val, but also for like just everything around it, like, I've been to like a number of pro wrestling vibe events, and I always describe those as like just a big queer fucking party. Mm-hmm. And like the big gay brunch fits that vibe perfectly. Like if if pro wrestling vibe is going to go away, unfortunately, at least we have the big gay brunch to kind of carry on that sort of atmosphere, and in its own distinct way too. And that, and that's really cool to see. And I can't tell you how many times I wrote like in the QWY 200 this year, like this person made their like big gay brunch debut this year. That's because mm-hmm. of like, you know, the variety of places that these events are happening. Um, not to mention like all of the young talent that are like really putting themselves out there. And, you know, it comes with the territory with WrestleMania weekend. You know, have, you have almost the entire pro wrestling world merge on one city. You're going to have a lot of like new talent to feature, but it, it points to the mission that Effie's big gay brunch has had since the beginning of Putting these people onto bigger stages so that they can, you know, take that leap off of that spot to continue to do that around the country, and and it, and it's continues to show. Like I love hearing Don like hearing about you like finding new people during the Big Gay Thanksgiving show to kind of look at and, and follow because like the Southeast has, especially the Mid Atlantic in, in the Southeast, like has like a number of people that I think have not had enough of an eye on them. And I love that whenever that was announced, I was immediately like, okay, there's going to be some really cool people that I, I know people haven't seen a ton of, and they're going to fall in love with them. People like Noah Vale and Caitlin Marie. Yeah, I love Noah. I, well, they, that was the first time I saw Noah, and I love him. And um, Caitlin, oh my God. Like, she's one of my favorite wrestlers in the freaking world right now. She is so <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm right there I'll... with you. <laughs> also a very big Noah Vale fan. So Yes, yes. Big things for Noah Vale in 2024, please. Noah Vale deserves it. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on and stick with kind of like the, I guess, the more like structure of pro wrestling here. Let's go to promotion of the year. Um, of course, we can't have event of the year nominees without promotions and that sort of thing. And we have, I lo- we have five nominees here that I was honestly like very pleasantly surprised with the like the mix of nominees that we have here. Not just because like there's definitely some West Coast love happening <laughs> on this list and it's very near and dear to my heart, but also just because like we we're seeing like the switch out of some of the heavy hitters, you know, like places like Pro Wrestling Vibe and specifically Paris is Bumping, which won this award, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, you know, they're obviously with the going away like we're going to have people to come and take those spots and you know there are three two or three companies on here that are getting nominated for this award for the first time and that's really cool to see that we're having people step up and have promotions that are lgbtq led continue to grow and having new ones popping up too i mean we have two that are starting up in the pacific northwest in my neck of the woods next year like that's wild to see um but let's get to the nominees here before I just keep running my mouth about Pacific Northwest pro wrestling. Um, so the nominees this year are 
Full Queer out of the Bay Area, Hood Slam out of the Bay Area, mm-hmm. Pride Style Pro out of Las Vegas, Uncanny Attractions out of Austin, Texas, and Wrestle Drag out of Mesa, Arizona. And the winner this year, promotion of the year, is Full Queer. Oh. Yes. Huh. This was a very, very close vote between like Full Queer, Hood Slam, and Wrestle Drag were like neck and neck right to the end. And Full Queer just barely squeaked it out here. Obviously, Hood Slam, the winner last year for this award, very known quantity. Full Queer, you know, this was, I think, the first year they really ramped up having a lot of events. You know, they've been having stuff sporadically over the last couple of years, but this year they really like hit their stride in a lot of ways. And I think sometimes like, the purview of the pro wrestling world beyond just the Bay Area doesn't really get to see full queer to the same level as other promotions because they don't live stream their shows and all of their they put out like match by match on YouTube most of the time. Um, and so I don't know if like maybe that's like impacted stuff there, but clearly that like they've they've struck a, a chord with plenty of uh, fans here. It's definitely. Yeah. Oh, oh no, you can go. <laughs> I can wait. Okay. Um. Yeah. I was just yeah, going to say definitely a surprise that um you know they got um the nod over you know more established promotions like Hood Slam and um you know I think that's pretty awesome and shows you know how how their their fan base came out and voted. It's definitely a company I want to see more of. I feel like I've kind of gotten little bits and pieces of it just from social media, but I would really love to be able to get like a full feel for it and go to, you know, go to a show or like watch like a whole show in its entirety. Um, I feel like that would really be getting like a better judge of the experience for somebody that does not live on the West coast. Yeah. Like we need I'll- Vegas vacation. <laughs> All I no. do is take wrestling vacations. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I've been to 60 shows this year. Yeah, I feel like every weekend I see you in a different state, Val, on, on, <laughs> on social media. So, like, of course. But, you know, like, I've, I've only been to one full queer show live. And, and I think it's an interesting experience because they, they do, like, your more traditional shows. You know, just, like, throw out, like, two and a half hours. Like, here's our matches. And then they also do like shows as part of like big like queer focused festivals out in the bay area too like i i know the big show for them this year was the Folsom street fair um show which you know is happens during the Folsom street fair and it's a big kink and and queer festival and they end up like it's like blocks of shows really so like you end up having like probably in total like you have like maybe 3 to 4 hours of wrestling over the span of like a 6 to 8 hour day Right. Okay. Yeah. Like, like AIW will do that, like on some of the street fairs in Ohio. Exactly. Like, I feel like I haven't been to one of the like the enjoy shows that they do, like at at some of the festivals around Pittsburgh and that sort of thing. But I feel like it's it's sort of similar in that mindset. Like the one I went to this year was at Bears and Street Festival down in San Francisco, and it was very similar. Like they it was like an hour of of wrestling and then an hour off, and then it's just like kind of like went on and on like that. But like the shows, the show was really interesting and they still continue having storylines and still continue having good matches that are 
like showing up. Plus, they're like bridging out and doing different things. They held a no ring show this year for the first time. Like that was like main evented by Marco Mayor and Effie in a no ring like death match with Marco's hair on the line. You know, like they, <laughs> like they've been doing some like interesting things out there and continuing to stick with their mission of like, you know, using pro wrestling as an avenue to discuss like queer identities and queer rights. You know, all of their championship belts are like nods to like queer um like queer historical places or queer historical figures within the Bay Area as well, you know, like so they they've really kind of taken it upon themselves to do a little like a little extra in terms of nods to the queer community with what they're doing, you know, with Marco and, and Rosie fingers out there, you know, the team pleading full queer. So really cool to see them get get the get the nod here. And they they're doing good stuff and I'm curious to see how they continue to capitalize on that in 2024. So I guess with that, let us, let's take a little bit of a step back outside of the ring and let's talk about some non-wrestling awards real quick. Um, Cause we have a number of them. We'll, we'll get, I think we'll get to two of them here. Then we'll go back to some of the more wrestling centric ones. Uh, let's talk about voice of the year. Um, this of course is a, an award that was created last year after kind of splitting off from personality of the year to um, to recognize and highlight, you know, commentators, ring announcers, backstage interviewers, basically anybody with a mic in their hand in a non-wrestling capacity. Um, and this year's nominees are some fucking heavy hitters, shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> Obvious. Um, we have, of course, Anton Voorhees, uh, who, in addition to being an outstanding wrestler, is also a very good commentator for Hood Slam and Glam and Full Queer um, out in the Bay Area and Greater West Coast. Brosif Joe Brody from Hood Slam and Full uh, Queer. And oh my God, fuck you, bro. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just amazing all around uh, as the voice of Hood Slam specifically. Um, just outstanding. No one like him. Uh, Mark Adams out of the UK. You know, he's uh, done commentating and ring announcer work with TNT Extreme, Progress, True Grid, like a number of promotions out in the UK. Um, Val Capone, the lovely, lovely Val Capone, one of the voices of the Big Gay Brunch, as well as a number of other promotions in the Chicagoland area, um, specifically freelance and warrior wrestling and a number of other places. Uh, and then, of course, last year's winner, uh, coming back to try and repeat, Beta Scott. Um, I can't honestly sit here and list off all of the promotions that they have uh, announced on this year because we would be here for 15 fucking minutes. Um, but I will highlight, you know, first out non-binary commentator in New Japan Pro Wrestling history, a major, a major accomplishment this year for them. Really cool to see and continuing to do a lot of their work with GCW and Wrestling Revolver and um, and West Coast Pro also as well. Basically anywhere that Speedball shows up. Announced that they're going to do... Um... Um, TJPW show this week. Yes, yes, on that the, um, TJPW show on the what's Wrestle Universe. Yes, which is really awesome, amazing, amazing to see all the different places that Veda has built himself up to 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 work at over the last couple of years. Um, and of course, the winner we we were just talking them up. Veda Scott, the winner <laughs> again this year uh, for Voice of the Year. In the this is like. The most lopsided one. <laughs> like, like Veda got more than fifty percent of the vote in in this category. 
Um, which is not anything to say about like anybody else that was nominated here. It's just beta. Yeah, is, everyone else is great, but like yeah. it's just kind of another level. Exactly. I, I know both of y'all, you know, being with the glitterati and being with written glitter, like with the glitter bombs, like beta has dominated a very similar category in in the glitter bombs over the over the last few years. So it's it's not necessarily a surprise, but it's, I love that we have another chance to kind of talk up Veda a bit. Val, I'll go to you first. Like, if you have give any thoughts on Veda taking this award home yet again. You know, uh, like you were saying, like, not really surprised. I think that, and don't get me wrong, Val Capone is one of my best friends in wrestling. I love her so much. She is my Val pal. She is my, like, one of my wrestle besties. But I think that to what Don was saying, you know, Veda is just, everywhere like you cannot escape them like they are they seem to they seem to be on multiple shows it's like how does this work i don't even know couldn't even tell <laughs> i was you. saying that one day i'm like how many betas are there they're just everywhere all at once and it's so cool that somebody who is you know out and non-binary can get those spots because those spots are historically very um, you know, cis male, male dominated, dominated spaces, yes, and and not you know few and far between to come by. When someone gets those spots, they're there for a while. So to see Veda just everywhere is is really cool. No, I'm I'm I think I'm right there with both of y'all in, in that instance. Not just that Veda is supremely talented, but you know, still so outspoken for the community, specifically, you know, for the non-binary community too. And to see all of that work kind of come together into them getting these like huge spots now, you know, just inching ever closer to that full-time contract that they have deserved for the past like three years, honestly, yeah. you know, for for their commentary work. It's just really awesome to see. And again, no disservice to anybody else on this list, all for all five of the nominees are outstanding and deserve their spots here. Like, bro is amazing. Bro is, there's no one like him. Like, there, um, you could, no one could do, if someone tried to do what he does, they couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Um, I think he's just amazing. And I don't think Hood Slam would be the same without him. And, um, Mark Adams, I haven't, haven't heard a ton of him, but when I did, he's great. I know he's a super amazing dude and freaking, you know, great commentator. Um, Val Capone, just obviously really, really good at what she does. Am I missing someone? Uh, I think Anton, but Anton goes right yeah. alongside with the, with the hood slam <laughs> comments there. You know, anytime you have like bro, Brozif and, and Anton on commentary or Brozif and Wonder Dave, like you see that dynamic of bros if works with anybody you put him with. Like even whenever he's working with Veda, like because mm -hmm. like you have so different personalities, but they still find ways to like mesh together. When you fun. that's when you'll see Veda kind of like give way to to bro, and then just like kind of like add in their commentary or add in their play by play, you know? Because yeah, um, Brosif kind of kind of takes charge. That's kind of his land, you know. <laughs> Definitely, it definitely is. <laughs> but um, yeah, Veda is always working, always somewhere. Um, amazing at everything she does. Um, they um, 
no matter what promotion they're in, you they you they know every wrestler. And it seems like that's a little thing, but there is a lot of commentators that do not. Yes. It's a little so, thing that goes a long way. Mm-hmm. So if like I'm watching something that it is commentating on, and maybe I'm not that familiar with some of the wrestlers. I know that Veda will like tell me who they are and like give me a little background and like not overwhelm me. You know what I mean? Like some some commentators might do too. But um I think she def think she definitely does enough to like make you aware of, you know, like everyone that's wrestling in their background. Yeah. And I think before we move off of, of this to our next category, I just want to say if you want a taste of what Mark Adams brings to like the commentary booth, go watch the main event of GCW versus TNT from this year, you know, with Shane Monet against Charles Crowley. Um, Mark's call on that match, and it's just beautiful, and you feel every emotion within him like coming out through through the mic in that match. It's just really awesome. I think that's just that one of the one of the pinnacles of his year. For sure. Um, all right, let's move on to another non-wrestling category here. Podcast slash online creator of the year. Um, this, of course, highlights online creators, YouTubers, um, social media personalities, I guess, as well as podcasts, all of that have, you know, LGBTQ um, hosts or are partially LGBTQ led, um, which there are a number now, which is a, another thing that's amazing to see, just the sheer amount of different people that got nominations uh, during the the nomination process here, um, but we have again, like I think five pretty solid contenders here, and I'm sure there's no bias at all from the rest of my panel about <laughs> who who should win this award at all. But um, let let's let's just break into the nominees here. Nominees for podcast on slash online creator of the year. Uh, first off. BBC LGBT sport podcast hosted by Jack Murley, uh, Britain Glitter, um, hosted by, of course, M. Fear, Harley Vasquez, and the Glitterati, two of which are here with us today. Queen of the Ring, um, you know, outstanding uh, work by uh, by Alex with, with that, the real explosion of, of, of her work over the last year. So they're in the, in the YouTube uh, in Twitch space. Um, Ring the Bell, uh, Kind of a stalwart of of YouTube pro wrestling coverage, specifically of women's pro wrestling uh, coverage over there. And then Weekend at Effie's, um, Effie's podcast that is in, just continuing to kind of build into this uh, amazing platform for him and and others to really talk their shit uh, as Effie is one to do. Um, and the winner this year. Very, very close again. Um, is Weekend at Effie's. I swear I don't keep bringing Glitterati members on this show to not give y'all an award because y'all are definitely deserving <laughs> of it. I have to. I feel like I should just preface that every year because I I love having like part of the grit members of the grit and glitter family on to to talk about these things, and I don't want this getting back to M, who I know will be a little heated that I again <laughs> people on to to not have an award go to y'all, but I'm curious to get y'all's thoughts on, on our winner here. Oh, I'm sorry. Nobody can compete with Effie. Mm. 
Effie's Effie. <laughs> he is... I mean, yeah, I mean, like, Effie is basically, whenever you think of queer wrestling, um, he's one of the people that you think of, and he's done a lot to earn that. No, he definitely has, and I think it, I, I've been really intrigued to watch, like, the the evolution of that show from, like, you know, this, this place for, like, you know, Effie talking about like the his like basically like road diaries in a way, you know, coming back recapping the week that he's had on the road and talking about different experiences to becoming like another pulpit for Effie to continue to speak truths to the pro wrestling. You know, I think and I think that's attributed to the popularity of that show growing too. It's just you know because Effie pulls no punches with people, you know, calling out NWA, calling out. Um, you know, various promotions um, on the indie circuit, you know, not turning a blind eye to like the majors either and in, in, in pointing out criticisms there too. Like it just, it, it feels like a show that is, once it finds its footing, it creates a new place for it to, to step to in a way. Um, yeah. yeah. I would have to shout out Alex too. I think she has done such a great job in like making a little community for herself and um just like building up her brand so much i think it's really awesome no i completely agree with you alex has has really done a lot of work over the last couple of years you know not just with her own stuff but also you know this the work with church of joshi you know past nominee in this category too like just a, a lot of outstanding stuff and i do want to highlight the the bbc lgbt sports podcast too because you know if you have any like curiosity about the lgbt wrestling scene in the uk like there are a number of episodes that jack has done with a number of of people um in that scene you know adam bolt jason joshua um mitchell star priscilla i believe has been on that show too like a number of people in that scene that really have some great like candid conversations about about their their lives, their wrestling journeys over there too. So it's really awesome to see. And then I will also take this moment to shout out Grit and Glitter because it is, you know, not only are is Grit and Glitter like our sibling podcast basically, but you know, I love like the various different perspectives that y'all take in talking about pro wrestling. You know, everything from, you know, act like talking about women's wrestling shows to like all these various topics. I still go back to like the the two parter that that you know that that y'all did on like OnlyFans and like sex work within um within the pro wrestling space. Like those those are just really interesting conversations that really haven't found their way onto other places other than Green Glitter. And like that you know, it, it makes to talk about certain things. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I don't you know I mean it's like taboo subjects or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I don't see why, you know, it's part of society um it's a it's part of wrestlers lives and stuff like that so i think there's a lot more to like wrestlers than um just wrestling you know i know um they had journey on the other a couple weeks ago and he talked to her about go more girls <laughs> yes <laughs> the only wrestling podcast i feel like that would have an episode dedicated specifically to Gilmore Girls conversation. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I love that kind of out of the box thinking. So I, and I'm sure because of that, that's the reason why y'all keep getting nominated. And I'm sure there, the breakthrough will come in the future for sure. Like I'm always rooting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's move back to wrestling and talk about some of the more, I feel, I feel like every year they are the two of the most hotly contested categories in the year. We're going to talk about rookie and breakout star of the year here. We're going to start with, with, with breakout star because obviously these two categories always highly competitive, always the tightest margins um, year over year. And they have proven oddly prophetic at times. You know, I think we talked about it uh, when we did the preview, Don. You know, we talked about how, like, this this jump from, like, Rookie of the Year to Breakout Star of the Year to Wrestler of the Year. Like, there's a clear pathway now based on, like, the previous winners that we've seen here. And so I, I love that the, the voters continue to kind of get these points right, and, and you see these people continue to elevate, and it's just really cool to see. Um, must have really smart listeners. Very. I, I, I think I have very, very smart listeners. Um, so let's just jump right into it. This year we have seven nominees for Breakout Star of the Year. Um, they are Angelo Carter, of course, out of TG2 Brooklyn. Um, great year in Blitzkrieg Pro this year. Anton Voorhees. Feels weird to have someone who's been in the ring for over like 14 years at this point be on the Breakout Star nominee here, but this has been one of the biggest years for Anton. And and I feel like more people are starting to understand just how fucking talented he is in the ring. Um, Helen Char- Charlotte Campbell, big comeback year for her over in the UK um, you know, with historic matches against Dark Sheik and uh, against Arya Cech um, over there. Lara Frazier, um, the adventurous, big part of Hood Slam, big part of the Bay Area wrestling scene. They are amazing to watch continue to grow. Papa Yase, current Pride Style Pro champion, um, one of the most well-known names in the Vegas scene, really starting to kind of break out a bit more here on the West Coast as well um, in California. Richie Coy, um, you know, out coming out of Santino Bros in L.A., got the Big Gay Brunch debut this year, got he's done a lot of work with Full Queer, a lot of work throughout the West Coast as well, made their Hood Slam debut this year too. Uh, And then Rico Gonzalez, our reigning rookie of the year from last year, who, much like Veda Scott, if I sat here and tried to name everywhere that Rico has been this year, (laughs) we would never get to another category. Um, Rico is one of the most loved people in wrestling right now. Very much so. I know, Val, you've seen Rico live a lot this year. You can probably speak to that. (laughs) I love Rico. I think he is great. I it's been so cool to see him progress so quickly because I think he's only been wrestling for maybe two years. Yeah, I think um, he had his debut match in twenty twenty one. So just to see him, you know, continue to elevate and you know take those bookings and get different places, especially as kind of you know not having a lot of size on him either. He's not he's not a big guy by any stretch of imagination. If you've ever seen Rico, you know that. But like <laughs> um <laughs> just absolute sweetheart. Love watching him wrestle. He's so much fun. He's willing to take risks in the ring. Um and just one of just one of my favorites. I've been so fortunate to be able to see him a, a number of times. 
No, I'm 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 right there with you. I've also loved watching his like heel run in the in WWA four, like on yeah. their, like, Thursday night streams. It's just been really just to see how fucking like catty and bitchy he could get to. It's just really fun. Um <laughs> but our winner this year for breakout star of the year, Papa Yase. Oh, okay. Papa Yase is, uh, wins this category this year. A very, very slim margin. Like, basically the top three, um, which were, you know, in no particular order, Papa Yase, Rico Gonzalez, and Anton Voorhees, all separated by, like, one percentage. Like, just super nail-biter down to the end. And, but Papa Yase ends up pulling that out. I'm curious, you know, because, you know, much like Full Queer, like Pride Style Pro, they don't stream their shows live. It's mostly what stuff that goes, full shows go up on YouTube from time to time. Matches go up more regularly on YouTube there. Um, and I feel like that's probably the place where people would know and see Papa Yase the most. Um, definitely a surprise win. Um, I haven't, I haven't seen a ton of him, but um, I've heard great things about him from Vegas people. So I will take our word for it and um, your very smart listeners' words for it and I have to check more out. I feel like he was on the Big Gay Brunch show out of Chicago. Papa Yase wasn't. He was around for WrestleMania weekend this year, but he wasn't on the Big Gay Brunch this year. He did some no, stuff in, with... In Chicago, not in LA. For this year or last year? Hold on. Because I know, I like, like... I, cause I know DeShade, who's another big name in the Vegas area, was on the Big Gay Brunch in Chicago last year. To cage match I go. <laughs> Great. I love it. What would, we, what would we do without cage match? I would oh. not know how many wrestlers I've seen this year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's on there. I don't think he has a profile, but I know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's still up there. Which is odd because I think for somebody who has like accomplished as much as Papa Yase has in that one specific scene, I think it also speaks to kind of the lack of focus that has been on the Las Vegas scene in, mm -hmm. in recent years, too, despite the growth that is continuing. I mean, over the past there. couple of years, they've grown a lot from like almost, almost not what. It was just basically FSW. <laughs> for like a while and yeah. you have like a bunch of promotions coming up out of there um now which is really awesome mm -hmm. really like, good they, talent they, too oh yeah outstanding people you know like versus pro you know over the last few years pride style over the last two big valley is another company that runs a lot down there and and you know, also seeing promotions like Wrestle Drag and Full Queer like come to Vegas to work with promotions in Vegas too is really cool to see. And of course, you know, Papa Yase has held championships all over like all of those promotions based in Vegas outside of FSW. You know, so like it's just I don't know. It's I, I am I'm going to show my bias a little bit here. I am personally a very big Papa Yase fan, um, and like. It's just been amazing to continue to see the evolution of him over the last year and to continue to embrace all these different aspects of, of himself in the ring and to get that like triumphant spot where like winning the Pride Style Pro belt earlier this year, losing it to Johnny Robbie and then winning it back again. Um, it's just been really fun to see. Um, I don't know, Val, if you've come, come across uh, you, an answer. 
You are correct. And I think you're right. I think I, think, I, think I was thinking of Deshade. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, cause I, I know I've been one of those people that is just like clamoring for, for Yase to get a big gay brunch spot. Um, yes. And I thought that, that LA was going to be that time, but um, I know he was down there doing some stuff with like the circle six crew that were at knucklehead uh, rather than anything with, with the GCW crew that was over at uh, the Ukrainian culture center. So um, I, I think Yase is going to continue building himself, you know, I, I and I don't know. It's just really cool to see um, him win this award, personally. So I, it would have been great to see any of, of them win the award, especially considering how close, like, Anton and Rico were, like, to that spot, too. Like, it's, I think it speaks to just the all-around, like, appreciation for all these talents that are really breaking new ground for themselves. I agree. And to just to give a little shout out to Richie Coy, one of the people I was most excited to like catch when I was in LA was Richie Coy. Um, just absolutely blew me away. So I was very excited. Likewise. Likewise. <laughs> like, I, I loved our, um, our good slam debut. And our, um, what was our tag team? Like an MB and a boy or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Them and uh, and Darwin, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, from breakout star, let's move to rookie of the year, which always a fun category. Here is obviously a very, um, I would say, star-studded lineage of winners over over the years. You know, Kid Bandit winning it the first year, uh, and then last year Rico Gonzalez winning it. Both of them obviously catapulted off of those wins to amazing growth that we've seen. And and this year, it's a really, really intriguing mix of people. Um, our five nominees this year are Brian Baum out of uh, Fallout Shelter in, in Brooklyn, you know, wrestled uh, for Full Queer as well, like wrestled, made his Battle Club Pro debut. All around great stuff from Brian in, in his rookie year. Nick's Wild. Um, one half of uh, the Wildflowers up in the Pittsburgh area. A lot of appearances with 880 Wrestling. Uh, and someone who I'm sure Don is very, very familiar with um, yeah, at this up. point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Finesse out of Tennessee. Uh, one half of the, the TWE Chattanooga Tag Team Champions down there. Made a big gay brunch debut earlier this year too. Someone who's grown exponentially. Over the last year and a half, I would say someone who's been really uh, fun to watch, Soraya Saber, fighting out of my own uh, homeland, so to say, of Cobb County, Georgia. All like Soraya has been great over the last years. They've continued to rise, already making history in the ring. You know, down in, in Georgia and in Tennessee over the last year for for trans identities and pro wrestling. Um, it's really cool to to watch them. Um, also, a big gay brunch debut at the Big Gay Thanksgiving. And then ZZ out of the UK, um, somewhat a, a wrestler, a very young wrestler who, you know, has, I think 2023 was really the year of them coming into their own and people in the UK scene really understanding the talent that she has at only the age of like 20, I think. Um, just already setting herself up for a, a long, uh, illustrious career in, in the UK scene and more than likely abroad, I would say. Um, and so out of those five nominees, very tight race, 
but your winner this year, PWI Rookie of the Year, is Brian Baum. I thought it was going to be Finesse myself. <laughs> I thought he had like more um, higher profile matches. Um, I haven't seen a ton of Brian Baum. So, um, yeah, I was definitely thinking it was going to be Finesse, so that one was an upset for me. I, you know, I as well, I'm not that familiar with Brian Baum. I'm very much more familiar with Finesse. But also, I think that's basically a lot that has to do with where I'm located and what wrestling I am more familiar with and seek out. Um, I moved, I lived in Nebraska most of the year. I just moved to the Louisville area. Um, I'm very familiar with TWE and Chattanooga and the Southeast through you know, a series of events. I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> a series of a series of things that I fell into uh-huh. um, that really brought me to a lot of the Southeast. And um, I was really excited. I was at TWE on Saturday when Finesse and Jameson won the tag championships. I was very excited. I really like Finesse. Um, I wish I could say more things about the other nominees, but I feel like I feel like a lot of them were kind of region specific. I think with with rookies, with rookie of the year, you're gonna have like a lot of people who like haven't traveled like, as much as you know your other categories. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely a that is definitely a factor in this, you know, and I think. Honestly, like Brian Baum is probably like Brian Baum and and, Sor- and Soraya Saber. I feel like are probably the most like well traveled out of the group, just because like Soraya like popped up in like Denver and um you know, went up to to wrestling open here as well, and like you know kind of popped around. And of course, Brian Baum popped around to both the East Coast and the West Coast. You know, wrestling a lot in like the the Northeast um area. Got down to Pennsylvania with Monster Factory. Or actually, New Jersey rather, with Monster Factory, and um, as well as you know, going out to the Bay Area for with Full Queer and everything like that. And ZZ, you know, while ZZ is you know very much just the UK at the moment, like seeing them like go from like wrestling at some like smaller independents earlier this year to like main eventing a Sirens Fury show in TNT Extreme against Ali. Um, near the end of the year, like that, that sort of growth is just—it's rare that you see that over the, the span of a year um, for someone so so young in their career. So, like, I think that's why I think ZZ—I think ZZ is going to be somebody that a lot of people are going to know that name um, fairly soon, depending on how much you pay attention to K scene. And I think they're going to be popping over the Atlantic um, at some point too in in the next few years. So, and of course, I I also want to take a moment just to shout out Nick's because like I I love watching the eight eighty shows, like those those shows are just so much fun and just to see like kind of the the freedom that a lot of people have on those shows and to see what MV Young is building and I feel like Nick's is a great representation of what MV Young is is building with you know TGT Pittsburgh out there and and I'm very excited to see. Um, how Nick's continues to catch on with not just the Pittsburgh scene, but like the greater like Rust Belt into like the Midwest scene too. I feel like they're ripe for continued growth in in the next year. And I think Nick's Nick's has that style 
where like they can keep getting back, you know. So I think that um we'll be seeing more and more from them. Yes, for sure, for sure. So congratulations again to to Brian Baum for winning that one. Uh, let's go to another personal favorite, one of mine, moment of the year. Um, of course, this self-explanatory, you know, their wrestling is full of outstanding moments, and we've collected 10 of them here that really are, are specific to the LGBTQ for wrestling scene and that were amazing to to see um, for for audiences and, and what a lot of their, like, significance means um, as well. So your nominees this year for Moment of the Year are Anthony Bowens and the He's Gay chant on, <laughs> on AEW television. Um, Anton Voorhees versus Flat Screens. Uh, might be cheating a little bit considering that Anton went through many a flat screen this year and, and put many other people through uh, flat screens this year, but it's always a, a treat whenever Anton pulls one of those out from under the ring. Billy Dixon turning on Charles Mason during the main event of Effie's Big Gay Brunch LA. Um, Susan Tex Green punching AC Mack <laughs> during the opening segment of Effie's Big Gay Brunch LA. Um, Shea Monet winning the TNT Extreme World Championship uh, at GCW versus TNT. It is surreal winning the Enjoy Wrestling Championship, uh, defeating MB Young at uh, Rites of Spring. AC Max final promo, um, both at Naptown All Pro as well as his final promo at Action Wrestling earlier this year, as he you know made his uh, his exit from the pro wrestling world, at least the in ring competition uh, world of of the pro wrestling space. Papa Yase winning the Pride Style Pro Championship on the uh, the one year anniversary of his of, of of losing the inaugural Pride Style Pro Championship match. Uh, Ashton Starr winning the inaugural Pride of the Desert tournament out in Palm Springs during Palm Springs Pride. And Sunny Kiss making her TNA debut at Bound for Glory. Uh, so a number of heavy hitting powerful moments there uh, in, in the pro wrestling space this year. But the one that stands supreme overall, winner for moment of the year, Anthony Bowens' He's Gay chant live on AEW television. We talked about this on the on the preview show, Don, a little bit, about just how different that moment was to anything else that we've seen from like audience and interactions at a major like pro wrestling level when it comes to queerness. Like it's one thing to do like scissoring because like a lot of people don't know that's a queer reference. You know? I'm sorry, that's a queer reference? <laughs> yeah, oh, yes, sorry. <laughs> Burst your bubble, Val. <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah, like... But, yeah, you're right, go ahead, Don, yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah, like, that can, like, be a little bit subtle sometimes. But, like, whereas, like, the he is ancient are just, like, a wrestling crowd is chanting that positively, you know, like that's that's amazing, you know. I guess, like you know, again, kind of Southeast wrestling does have my heart. So, 
always will love and appreciate everything that AC Mac has done. Um, you know, down here for you know gay wrestlers for you know just to be the first openly gay champion in wrestling ever. But I don't watch a lot of mainstream wrestling. I do not make that a secret. But even I like made up and like I have <laughs> I have AEW stuff blocked and muted all over my timeline because I don't care. I have WWE stuff too. Don't worry about it. It's 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 <laughs> I, I I neither support. But um I actually made a point to like search out that clip after I heard about it. Um because that to me is it is it's a it's a turning point just in the whole kind of culture and I hope that it's something that sticks and continues to get better and that wrestling which is you know historically been like a bunch of like yeehaw rednecks like continues to grow and people see that it's not like what you might have in your head as what you think a wrestling fan is but that it, it it's progressive of what wrestling fans can be and expect moving forward. And that people that, that do want to be derogatory or hateful, that they are shunned from those spaces. Then they know that it's no longer tolerated to act like that. And they don't come and we don't have to worry about them no more. No, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm yeah. right there with you. I agree. It was um, it's something that can make, um, you know, queer wrestling fans feel more comfortable and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully make um, um homophobic and transphobic um fans or whatever the hell you want to call them um feel uncomfortable going to those and not want to go to those spaces. Because I have been at AEW shows where there has been people yelling transphobic things and stuff like that. And, you know, it, you know, obviously made me feel uncomfortable, let alone the person they were yelling it at. But, um, Hopefully, you know, you have something like that happen. It, you know, says you're not welcome here. Yeah, and I, I love that that's the message as it's sending. So it's not only that it's making us more comfortable, but it's it's turning that eye of exclusion onto the people who are not fucking with it in, mm. in the current cultural landscape and just, you know, saying like, you throw or get the fuck out. Like, um, he's gay, we love him because he is gay, you know? Yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And to your point, Val, as well, um, AC Mack is, you know, someone who is not just influential in, in the Southeast for the queer community, but just in general for this the entire Southeast scene. You know, someone who has really helped elevate a, the, a number of companies down there to, like, places with national purview i mean action wrestling like partner with wxw earlier this year and to the point that now you can i think i've classified the action wrestling championship as a world championship right alongside them because of that association and defending that title in germany I like mean, wxw you, is on peacock you know? yeah exactly like you don't you don't get to a position where a company like action can partner with wxw without someone like ac mac there to spearhead the growth and to spearhead, you know, really the, the the expansion of focus on the Southeast in the way that that he did starting at, especially starting at Southeast first last year, all through the IWTV world title reign up until like his work here. And to see those those moments you know, with him, like speaking his final words 
both in a, in a ring in general, but also specifically at action, you know, where like you have this, this crowd response to him, you know, that is just pure emotion. You know, you see Matt Griffin's son, like crying and AC Mac over there, you know, trying to comfort him ab about this stuff like that. Like, it's just, you don't, that is a different level of connection that I feel like a, than a lot of pro wrestling cultivates. And, and a I think gay it's, black man in a cell. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. Like it is, it is truly amazing what AC Mac has done in his career and, and those moments of like emotional outpouring whenever he was saying goodbye to the wrestling world early this year are things that cannot be forgotten going forward. You know, he's been the most hated man in the building at action, and he's yes. been the most beloved. <laughs> and you can't be both without being really good at both. And I think that he's really, like to what you were saying, really uplifted the entire area and everyone that he's come across and everyone that's been in the ring with him because he brought a different style, a different presentation, a different, you know, just a different level of what wrestling can be, especially in that area where a lot of people have, you know, might've been fantastic and great and wonderful, but nobody ever heard about them. And now there's some stories that they pass along to each other and that's about it to really take that and elevate it and bring, and, you know, bring people with him to do that and have, you know, meaningful feuds and give other people uh, exposure with him. Yeah, he got eyes. He definitely got eyes on action. Um, I would. Would you say he probably got eyes on TWE too? Yes, yes, I would. Um, and yeah. especially when um, they were doing Uncharted Territory mm -hmm. from TWE, not this past summer, but summer before. I mean, that was when he was having that big, you know, title run. He was showing up in a limo. Hey. <laughs> I love I love the visual of a limo in Red Bank, Tennessee. By the way, <laughs> it was it was I think, like someone like super famous. <laughs> so it was just one of those things that was like very. Very of that moment, and I think that really elevated Southeast wrestling to a place where people are way more into it. Like, like you were talking earlier about, you know, finesse, like I'm not going to say there wouldn't be finesse without AC Mac, but at the same time, it's like kind of helped usher that different style along. Or would like Rico be looked at the same way if AC Mac hadn't been there before? You know what I mean? Yeah. You would still see Rico as an amazing wrestler, but, you know, would he have the same opportunities? Agree. Yeah. He's opened a lot of doors. Mm -hmm. I have to give props to Edith winning, because I was at that event where Edith <laughs> won the the enjoy title and it was it was yeah it was just so cool um just seeing you know the crowd just kind of like build up through the match and get more and more on either side and just exploded at the end no that that title match was definitely uh one of 
one of the better matches of the, of the year and just seeing like that finally that that capstone of of Edith as like you know the top of of enjoy it was just amazing to see and shout out to MV too for, mm-hmm. for the performance in that match as well although I have a feeling we're going to talk more about that match in a little bit uh, when we get to match of the year <laughs> for sure <laughs> so I had congratulations to Anthony Bowens and all of the people that chanted his game in a firming way this time around keep it up don't revert damn it um so let's let's go to feud of the year now um as we we're getting close to to the to the 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 whole kit and caboodle here but let's let's talk about feud of the year obviously a number of great feuds this year um you know throughout the independent wrestling world as well as on some of the the major like televised programming as well um, but very diverse mix, uh, both in terms of like the the like how the the feuds are are built, but also just like the the sheer scope and the sheer like creativity infused into them as well. Um, so the nominees for feud of the year are Thrussy versus Charles Mason and Mason's Mercenaries, uh, the acclaimed versus House of Black, Tommy Purr versus Kid Isaac. Uh, Edith Surreal versus Billy Dixon. Uh, of course, that is specific to Uncanny Attractions, uh, which, by the way, like probably one of the more despicable things that Billy Dixon has done in terms of the in the character of Billy Dixon. Uh, Mercedes Martinez and Diamante versus uh, Billy Starks and Athena. Uh, Hood Slam versus The Fallen. So many murders. So so many murders. Um, R.I.P. Drugs Bunny. R.I.P. Drugs Bunny. Uh, it's a shame you only got uh, reincarnated for one night only. Uh, Outcasts versus the entirety of AEW's women's division. Uh, Edith Surreal versus Killian McMurphy. The Caution versus the Boom Gang. Foot Slam, and the Acclaimed versus the Guns. Um. Another very, very tight category. I think the top five here separated by like only two or three percentage points here. But the winner for 2023 is Edith Surreal versus Killian McMurphy. Oh, okay. Um, obviously, this is one of those feuds that kind of carried over uh, from last year down in pro wrestling vibe, um, which lead into some very uh, interesting and, and intriguing territory when telling its story, you know, really focused on this idea of know internalized homophobia within the queer uh community and that sort of thing and culminating at bromatica with that big just chaotic trios match between the goons and Edith surreal trisha dora and erica lee um i obviously like we just talked a lot about edith at a joy um but edith and killian are two people that i feel like really play off of each other well mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see like the different sides of Edith that we got during that feud too. I think it's the only time that we've seen Edith like get truly like angry in a ring and like like cursing, <laughs> which is just you never see that from. So I'm I'm very curious to to turn this over to to you two and and get your thoughts on on Edith and Killian's uh from earlier in the year. Um, I think Killian's a genius. Like, everything he does is just fantastic. And, like, um, some people get mad. 
very bad. I think his um his Chick-fil-A thing, I think people got really bad. <laughs> but um, you know, he I mean that's his job, right? He's a heel wrestler. Um so I think he's he's really smart at, you know, like telling a story and having people hate him. And I think Edith is just one of the perfect people to play off at. Um, like he's done it with Erica too, notably. Um, feuds with her too. But yeah, I think um Edith is just a great person to play off that with because she just has like almost this pure you know, personality and look and aura to her. I am, I feel like Killian is like the ultimate troll. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he will do anything just like, get like a, you know, get a rise out of you. And, you know, I guess in that role, it's kind of, to me, it reminds me, I guess, of like, Edith is like the big sister and Killian is like, like the shitty little brother. <laughs> yes and it's just kind of like i guess that's kind of like some of the little the vibe i got from that feud i guess i can see it i could definitely see it for sure because like if you're going to have someone who like will sink to the depths that killian does um like it just you know even though it is very very humorous at, at times and and but it's 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 humorous handling of like a very serious topic that doesn't really get talked about a lot because like so much about the focus of the, of the LGBTQ like growth in the pro wrestling scene has been about like the celebration of it right? without like, it's interesting to see the, the, the path that, you know, Killian, Edith and, and Lo and Billy, you know, in a leadership role at pro wrestling vibe took and wanting to tell that story. Right. I, it, a story that definitely rubbed, rubbed a number of people the wrong way. You know, with the various like Chick Fil A promos and you know, um, Killian talking about how like his his very good friend like Donald Trump and stuff like that in promos and stuff like that, like clearly tongue in cheek, but like still, you know, it's it's getting a rise out of you um, for a reason. You know, and and having that really like follow having that with the follow through that we saw at Bromatica, just like. That whole event really felt like a, a, a afternoon of catharsis, but like no more so than that trios match. Just to see like Kelly and just get beaten so decisively by you know two of the people that he has had the most his most intense feuds of his career with, and Erica and Edith, and then Trish there to just you know side with her friends and, and defend the DMV in, in in the way that she has for a number of years at this point. I don't know. Like, I I really liked what that story was was trying to to say. Oh, not trying to, but what that story did say. Um, and it speaks to the evolution of storytelling. Now that you know, we're here. I think it, it speaks to the growth that we can con- continue to see with the further entwining of LGBTQ culture with pro wrestling and being able to tell stories that relate to our community in a way and um you know killian did that really good with um holding up to his match with dark cheek too at enjoy he did like a little video game promo and then like he came out with the american flag and stuff like that so um 
yeah, I think his he just has such a great mind. Yes, yes, I'm I'm right there with you, Killian. His his like social media promos are some of the the best out there in wrestling right now, and they're always good to like crack you up, but at the same time like get a point across. You know, him and Caitlin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and like it is, it was a tough choice. I'm, I'm sure for a lot of people here, just looking at how everything broke down, you know, because the obviously the acclaimed having the stage of AW having like that view, like definitely. I thought the, should, um, I thought the guns feud was really cool, you know, because you you had you had Billy in the middle of it, you know, and that added like a little extra piece. And um, Sam slave the world. Come on. Yes, yes, and, and we got to talk about the hood slam versus the fallen for a second here. <laughs> um, because the, one, like I said before, so many hood, hood slammers being murdered throughout the course of that storyline. Um, but also just speaking to the continued creativity that we are seeing out of hood slam thirteen years on now. Um, and that the spirit of Hood Slam is still still so strong with stories like this, and you know, seek Anton and Ali and Chupacabra and so many of the other people unite for that final climactic battle to save the universe. Just God. <laughs> yeah, they're just um, yeah, they're just so creative. Like I love whenever um, um, broke havoc you know, played, got arrested by the emo police and then had to, had to play her guitar and, and kill four emo policemen. <laughs> like, just stuff like that. It's just so great. Like, I'll explain it to people that were like, what are you talking about, Zan? But it's just so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's lovely to see that that, that, that hasn't been lost. Because I know there was, you know, obviously... Hood Slam was off for a long time during, you know, the early days of the pandemic and to see like them come back and be just as strong as ever, both like in terms of in-ring and creatively. It's really awesome to see. Um, and then I, I will also shout out the Tommy Purr versus Kid Isaac feud because I think that's one that a lot of people haven't had a chance to see a lot of because it was specific to Pride Style Pro in Vegas, where like I think it really speaks to you know, Tommy Purr, someone who in the Vegas area and the and the greater West Coast, like, is really, you know, the progenitor of the LGBTQ wrestling movement in that region, um, specifically Vegas. And see him, like, get a chance to really, like, craft a story with someone like Kid Isaac, um, you know, one that really leaned into this idea of chosen family and, and, and expectations and being able to, like, stand on your own two feet and, like, the sort of like parental role that that Tommy has played with with Isaac um, in in elevating him in that way over the greater part of the year, honestly, with what they've been doing down in Vegas is a really awesome thing to see. And I think I would suggest people seek out those those matches and those promos and stuff like that on on Prize Style's YouTube channel, um, just to get a taste of of what uh, Tommy and 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 Isaac really uh, created together down there along with millhouse you know the the founder of the company too you know work all working together to really craft this really um beautiful story that spanned most of the year so all 
right, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. We're just going to take a quick break here to let you know uh, ways that you can support the show. And say thank you to some very rad people that help make this show uh, as amazing as it is. Um, first off, if you would like to support the show, we are on Patreon now. Patreon.com slash LGBT Ring Pod. Multiple tiers there. For everyone that feels so moved to support this show, we've got numerous uh, patron benefits over there, uh, including bonus shows that are going to be coming out on a monthly uh, roundtable of those sort of things. So uh, definitely go over and check us out uh, again, patreon.com slash LGBT ring pod. Every single dollar that is uh pledge there to support the show is very very humbling and we thank you we also have a, a merch store over on brainbuster tees go to brainbustertees.com and search lgbt in the ring uh you get t-shirts tank tops all kinds of good stuff and you know always looking at some new things as well but uh, definitely check us out on brainbuster tees there as well you can follow the show on social media as well we're everywhere um, that we have accounts. We're at LGBT RingPod. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, co-host, <laughs> Mastodon, whatever. We're there. Uh, so follow the show there. You can follow me at WonderboyOTM on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well. We also want to give a huge thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme, uh, Formula 666, from the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, or you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp. Another great way to support the show uh, is over at independentwrestling.tv. Check out IWTV for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. You can use our code LGBT RingPod or visit uh, the URL, tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT. And uh, whenever you, uh, as long as you use that code to open your account and keep that active, we get a kickback from IWTV. So your subscription to watch all the great wrestling that we talk about on this show uh, goes to support the show as well. Thumbs up there. Of course, if you want to read more of my pro wrestling writing, you can check out outsports.com. And if you are into video games, I also co-host a video game news uh, Twitch stream every Monday at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It's called the Mr. Video Game Super Show. Um, I co-host that with uh, two dear friends and Twitch streamers, uh, Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin. Um, just run through the, the week's gaming news or we throw on a game and play and just have fun and be dumb. It's, it's great. But uh, you can check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash Entertainment. Sun like the star. With that said, let's get back to the show. Whole lot of, whole lot of issues there. Whole lot of feuds, but uh, <laughs> personal, is, personal problems, you know. No, exactly, exactly. It's really, I'm, I. It's just really awesome to see. Again, congratulations to to Edith and Killian for for feud of the year. Let's step back out of the ring and hit our last two non wrestler awards, real quick, um, because we need to talk about personality of the year and journalist slash writer of. 
Um, of course, journalist slash writer, the top uh, LGBTQ pro wrestling journalist for columnist, um, which is always interesting to see who gets nominated here. Um, again, I always abstain myself from this and the podcast award because I, that's just too weird for me. But outstanding array of talent that we have for, for this year's awards. Um, we have nominated for journalist slash writer of the year. We have Ella J from uh, WrestleZone, Wrestling Inc. Uh, 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 I, 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 her, the name of her podcast just ran out of my brain. Um, a wrestling gal, right? Sorry. <laughs> running out of my head i apologize ella um but amazing work all around there jack murley uh from bbc sport hosted the the bbc lgbt sport podcast but also a great uh, journalist over there writing a number of stories about lgbtq pro wrestlers in the uk uh james james lascola um the the lone like death match uh, reporter here on on the on the nomination list. Um, you know, writer with top rope writing. Uh, you may know uh, know James better as Biscotti Pippen on on Twitter. Um, so really cool to see James getting the nod here. Uh, Polly Pratt, uh, the alter ego of Pollo Del Mar, uh, of course columnist with uh, PWI, and Wade Keller. Uh, obviously, you know one of the progenitors of wrestling media landscape with the pro wrestling torch and continuing to do that work here 30 some odd years later um into into his career um so with all that said the winner of journalist slash writer of the year for 2023 is ella j oh that's awesome yes yeah so i guess um Obviously, I, I want to throw it to y'all for for your thoughts here as well. I, you know, obviously, Don, you know, you're with your work in in the journalism space too. Um, like, what do you what are your thoughts on on our winner? I thought that's awesome. There's a lot of like bigger names or like working for bigger companies like BBC and um, stuff like that. So um, I think it's awesome that she got the win, and it shows how um, how big of a reach she's already gotten. Yes. I mean, Ella is someone who is much like we talked about with Alex, you know, Queen of the Ring during the the, uh, the the podcast online creator award. You know, Ella has really carved out her own space in in the pro wrestling media landscape right now to both from like, you know, her writing with various places to her podcast work and, and her interview work and, and stuff like that. It's like Ella's really come. I, I honestly feel like a heavy hitter within that space. Like, it's just really cool to see Ella getting that that recognition here uh, with this award. I I agree. I thought, you know, especially with um, Paul E. Pratt uh, and Mr. Pollo Del Mar, I don't know how you want to... Having that, like, dual popularity, though, is both a writer and and a talent in other ways would maybe take it, but I'm, you know, pleasantly, pleasantly surprised that Ella got that. And I do just want to give a shout out to James Lascola, um, Viscotti Pippen, one of my favorite people. Um, 
to read uh, what they're writing. So, yes, I, I also would want to shout out James too because you know this is the first year that someone who like really has a heavy focus on deathmatch got nominated, and you know I think that one it speaks to the continued growth and popularity of deathmatch in recent years, um, but also the growth of the LGBTQ presence in deathmatch too. You know, like looking, like going back and like the work I did with the QWI 200. Like I think this year was the most deathmatch wrestlers that that I've had ranked on that list. You know, and and then the community in that space is only growing. You know, and it's it's really cool to see that deathmatch is starting to get the prominence that it deserves. Um, as I think deathmatch, I think deathmatch gets a bad name, especially like the crowds. But yeah. um, I think, you know, the majority of the deathmatch crowds are a lot more, you know, like open-minded or whatever you want to call it. And um, people would think. Yeah, I mean, we've seen historically, like, deathmatch is, is like a really good entry point for a lot of people who are not pro wrestling fans. You know, look at what Casanova Valentine has done with the no ring deathmatch stuff that he does and how many people that's brought in, like, you know, and down to, you know, I've seen a number of people who are just intrigued by what... You hear the term deathmatch, and if you're not a pro wrestling fan, you're like, "What the fuck does that mean?" And then you <laughs> go to one of those shows, and you're like, "Oh, this is fucking like, it, like a thousand adrenaline shots, like right into your fucking veins." And it may, like, I can understand why that would be a really good entry point for a lot of people that are not already in love with with pro wrestling. Like, if all you know is like John Cena or whatever, and then you see a deathmatch. A little, it's a little shock to the system. And I mean, to your point, not that she only does death matches, but Sawyer Rack. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if she, I don't know if we're talking about her later or what, but um, to have a such a high debut in that QWI, the QWI two hundred, after you know, just kind of coming out of nowhere, but she comes from doing a lot of death matches or more hardcore matches. One of my favorites. I love Sawyer. <laughs> Agreed. Like I'm there. And again, like people like Sawyer, that's also speaking to the continued, like the varying, like diversification of the death match scene too. It's not just about like more LGBTQ people, but like more women or people of color, like all, all these different like cultural lines. We're seeing more people but, Hoodfoot has been the American Deathmatch champion for most of 2023. That is amazing to me to see. You know, like... But for and then like before a, that, it was Casey. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, like it, <laughs> directly before, but I mean, you know, not too much longer before that, it was Casey. Yeah. Like, seeing that sort of lineage with that belt that is so, like, important to Deathmatch right now and in and in, in, in past years like it's just it's it really speaks to like deathmatch not just being for one crowd anymore. You know? and the um yeah the the gcw deathmatch champions arena you know yep for a long time yep like so okay rena I just have to give a shout out to Rena real quick because my my co-host on our Patreon exclusive show required reading Hollis, who is a very much a lapsed wrestling fan and is not really paying attention to anything 
I think the last thing that he really has of note in his brain is like the original CM Punk like pipe bomb from like 2011. <laughs> um, so like, and that's only because I made him watch it back then. Uh, so, but we were we for our most recent show we were talking about the Invisible Man versus Invisible Stand match, and so he wanted to know more about GCW. Started looking up stuff, and he came across Rena and was just like, "How have I? How have you not told me about Rena yet? How have you not told me about this person?" Like I need to see I need I need to see more of this person. You need to show me more of Rina Yamashita. And I'm just like, I mean, I can't I, and I know Hollis is not the like the biggest fan of of deathmatch stuff, but I'm like I will gladly <laughs> queue up some Rina and some Sawyer and some Charlie Evans and some Casey Kirk. Like let's just go down this rabbit hole if you want to. <laughs> And she just looks like she's having so much fun when she's making people bleed. <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I I am excited for that journey. Whatever it does happen at some point, so continue to listen to required reading. You never know when Rina Yamashita might show up. Um let's let's move on though to our final non-wrestling category, personality of the year. Obviously. This is one category that has been dominated historically by one Poyo Del Mar, two-time defending uh, winner of this category. And Poyo was once again nominated here alongside a number of other really uh, awesome nominees, too. Uh, so nominees for Personality of the Year are Aubrey Edwards, uh, Doc Atrocity from uh, Hood Slam and Full Queer in the Bay Area, Ref Domino, uh, the official official of Hood Slam, and full queer. Uh, Hardy Dermoxi, the uh, manager of the Exiled out in the Vegas area, Pride Style Pro and Grab House. Uh, Poyle Delmar, already mentioned. Uh, ref Rosie, uh, from, or Rosie the Ref, rather, uh, mm -hmm. in, in Enjoy, um, and various other independents up in, in that area of the country. And Visage, uh, you know, normally a wrestler, but this year, more of a, a manager role with Shea Monet in the United Kingdom up until that whole thing uh, went the way that it did at GCW versus TNT earlier this year. But an absolute legend of the UK wrestling scene, uh, especially for the LGBTQ population over there. Um, and of course, so many outstanding nominees. This, of course, is highlighting you know managers, valets, uh, authority figures, referees, like non-wrestlers, uh, that are LGBTQ um, that you know, aren't regularly like featured on on the mic in 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 the ways that we have for the voice of the year. So um, this year, in the closest vote that we've had in this category, in since we started this whole award thing two years ago, Poyle Delmar wins for a third year in a row. Uh, just. Barely edging out Aubrey Edwards in this category here. Um, and I will say this. I know on the QWY 200 episode of LGBT in the Ring, um, Poyo said that if if she won for a third year in a row, that she would be that she would request that the war just be named after her. <laughs> Go for the for the future for the future going forward. Um, and I think we might be honoring that here. Uh, we'll, we'll take some time to deliberate, but we might be honoring that here for the three-time winner of Personality of the Year. I mean, she has a big personality, so it makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> I love Poyo. 
Um, part of what I think is why people are drawn to her or how she she's always trying to make new fans. Always trying to make new fans. She is she does, you know, Twitch. She does uh, social media. She she is a writer. She is out doing TikTok lives. I I haven't seen any other wrestling person do TikTok lives. And she's always out there trying to drum up new fans, get new eyes, people that aren't wrestling fans. Um, trying to just really bring bring her to everybody whether they think they want to see her or not and i certainly admire her for you know putting herself out there like that because i can't imagine doing all the things that she does it it exhausts me thinking about it but and to deal with some of the you know especially in non-wrestling spaces some of the you know trolls that she gets in her Twitch and on her TikTok lives and stuff and how so gracefully she handles it. Yes. I I say it like I I spent about a week or so down in, in the Bay Area earlier this year, you know, going to some shows and that sort of thing. And then part of that I got to spend a, a lot of time with, with Poyo and got to see like just how like go, go, go and like the behind the scenes of like everything that Poyo puts into all of the various places that, that she gets her voice out there and does her work within the pro wrestling space. And it is just astounding, like everything that she puts in to continuing to grow the fan base and to continuing to bring new people, new audiences to the pro wrestling space too. Like it's just, it's, it's admiring to see that continued work there. And it's interesting, though, you don't see that many, like, manager, like, for this category, you don't see that many managers or valets or anything like that too much anymore in wrestling, um, especially, like, on the um, on the indie scene. So, um, like, I know, in, like, AEW, like, you started to get um, Stokely and um, Nana there. So, like, hopefully, maybe, you know, it'll pick back up. And, like, cause, like I think, you know, people like that and Polo's done that. In, in you know um nwa and you know at epi shows and stuff like that i think if you have someone that knows what they're doing and you know can do it well it's not just someone that's standing there on the outside of the ring you know it's someone that can add to the match yeah and and i think that that idea of like the resurgence of the manager you know that we've seen so to speak like you know like it speaks in the makeup of our nominees here. Like this is the first year that the majority of the nominees have been managers, right? You have Visage and Moxie and Doc Atrocity as well. Like Doc Atrocity is someone who I feel it does not get the the flowers that he deserves for, you know, the legendary status that he has in the north the, the Northern California wrestling scene out there and his continued work with Hudson Full Queer, you know, as a manager and still occasionally a wrestler now at, at this point in his career too but it, it does go to show like this this idea of the manager when done correctly when you have the personality to put the to 
put yourself out there and elevate the people around you in that way, like it works so well still in, in the current wrestling space. And I, and I hope it speaks to the greater wrestling world of being like, managers still have a place in, 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 in pro wrestling. And, and I think to be a good manager or, um, you know, good second or whatever, you have, you can't be, you can't want the spotlight. You know what I mean? Your job is to make the wrestlers look better. And same with, you know, the referees that were included in this list. You know, they do a great job in making the action seem realistic and putting the, um, putting the wrestlers over and, you know, making it not about themselves. Exactly. Exactly. Like, it's just, I think this entire, like, group of nominees really speaks to, like, how vital and the um, the support, the quote-unquote supporting cast of a pro wrestling presentation really is, and, and how you can really build yourself into a celebratory figure through that as well, you know. Like, it's just, I don't Rizzy know. Rizzy just got hurt last weekend, so get well, Rosie. Oh, that's a that's a shame to hear. Yes, definitely get well, Rosie. Um, can't wait to see you back in the ring for sure. All right, so we're getting into now the the final stretch and the heavy hitters here, starting with match of the year. So match of the year, we have ten nominees, um, and dear dear God, like th this this group is so stacked that we didn't even. The main event of Effie's Big Gay Brunch LA did not even make this top 10 out of all the, the matches that were nominated. Like, that's how strong this is. And I feel like that that War Gays match was, like, a, a big one from this year that got a lot of celebration. But still, like, that, I think that speaks to the, the greatness that we are going to see when we run down these nominees real quick here. So nominees for match of the year. If AC Mack versus Rico Gonzalez from Naptown All Pros, the Great Midwestern Trend Kill, Adam Bolt versus Mitchell Starr for the inaugural WAW Pride Championship, Anton Voorhees versus Keita from Full Queer Folsom Street Fair, um, Dark Sheik versus Sawyer Wreck for the Best Athlete in East Bay Golden Fanny Packs from Hood Slam Aurora Obscura, East Coast versus West Coast from Effie's Big Gay Brunch LA. Uh, Bussy versus Sunny Kiss and Pimpinella Escarlata from Effie's Big Gay Brunch 7 in Chicago. Dark Sheik versus Kenny K for the best athlete in the Bay, uh, <laughs> or best athlete in the East Bay Golden Vanny Packs from Hoodslam Reckoning. Kid Bandit versus Commander Sterling uh, in their trans death match at True Grit's Last of the Summer Brawl over in the UK. Dark Sheik versus Helen Charlotte Campbell at TNT Extremes, uh, TNT versus GCW. Earlier this year, the first singles match between two trans women on UK soil in the history of pro wrestling. Um, Edith Surreal versus MV Young for the Enjoy Championship at Enjoy Rights of Spring uh, earlier this year as well. Those are our 10 nominees. All fucking heavy hitters of matches. Like, if you have, I would, before I announce a winner, real quick. Go watch these 10 matches, for fuck's sake. They're all amazing. So good. So good in their own rights. But only one can be the winner here. And the winner for match of the year is Kid Bandit versus Commander Sterling, trans death match from True Grit, uh, last of the summer brawl. So I am 
I'm very curious to 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 get your thoughts on on this match, both of y'all. Considering, like, I think this is the first time a match from the UK has won Match of the Year in in the QWI Awards. I just think I know you. Whenever we talked before, there was a lot of you know UK voting going on, stuff like that, and um, I think that shows the um, the fan base that is out of the UK. Plus, also those two wrestlers have huge fan bases too. Very much so. Very much so. Um, plus, I think that there were a lot of like interesting like spots in that match too like in terms of like being a little creative with the death match idea you know choke slams with boglins and again a, a barbed wire wrapped blaha you know like just all these uh, like different things that are like coming out of the brains of, of kid bandit and commander sterling that you know really make their made that match their own version of, of what they were trying to do I think that uh, kind of to what Don said, uh, out of all of those talents that were in any of these matches, those are the two that have fan bases outside of wrestling by, you know, leaps and bounds over everybody else. Not to say that they don't deserve the win or whatever, but I think that that extra support from their own things really played into that. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, anytime that you have can build a, a a fan base from a variety of different places, it's going it's going to help you, right? Especially for a fan voted award like this. Um, but it definitely does not under undercut the the quality and and fun that that match brought for sure. I could honestly have seen any of these 10 winning this, honestly. And that's before even, like, factoring in, like, some of the matches that didn't make this top 10. Like, we talked about, like, the War Gaze match, not there. The Rain on Me match, this is a very personal favorite of mine, not there. You know, like, so many other, like, outstanding matches from, from Hood Slam. But, like, you didn't even get, like, Speedball Mike Bailey and the various, like, matches that he has had this year that are just fucking like match of the year nominee contenders outside of just the lgbtq space you know like in the greater pro wrestling landscape like we didn't see any of those get popping up on on this top 10 either like it just i think it speaks to like the diversity of presentation and the diversity of what yeah of the idea of what match of the year can be for a lot of people to see like what the various different um bits of representation on on this list here and it's like, you know, some people will be like, is it the most monumental match? Is it, you know, best technically match, technical match or whatever you want to call it? Or is it just the match that you enjoy the most? Exactly. Like, that, that that's the other thing, too, is like the definition of match of the year, like, gets broader and broader, I think, whenever you open up the space for people to share their opinions, broader and broader. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be like the quote unquote like Meltzer five star classic or whatever to be considered for match of the year if you're doing something that is interesting and engaging to an audience in that way. And it doesn't mean that you can't put in a lot of that technical prowess either. I mean, look at like Dark Sheik versus Kenny K is probably one of the most athletic matches that we've ever seen in Hood Slam. Um, but yet it's still telling that that story within like this very unique creative space that Hoodslam cultivates. So 
Like this is really cool. Kenny um, K also had an amazing match with um Speedball. Yes, he did. Oh my god. <laughs> Kenny <laughs> K okay, okay. Quick soapbox. Kenny K more places, please. Kenny mm -hmm. K deserves to be booked outside of California way, way, way more often than dear God. All the um all the squad um has been um amazing. Like I know um what Zoe's over in Japan right now, I think, right? Yeah, he was training over there with, with Marvelous crew mm -hmm. for a while. You know, I think he's coming back for, for the next West Coast show, but but yeah, he's been in Japan and not to mention like, you know, um Hop Daddy with the Glampian ship. Yes. God, this is so good. The whole the whole squad is just really outstanding <laughs> this year. They've really they've really grown a lot uh, over the last year. But yes, congratulations again to Kid Bandit and Commander Sterling for, for match of the year this year. That's going to take us to tag team of the year. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously it has been dominated in recent years by Bussy and the Acclaimed, both of which are nominated here again. But again, the turnover and the new nominees that are in this year's uh, list are just, it's just amazing to see like, the continued like rise of these new groups. Um, year over year here. Uh, so the nominees uh, for Tag Team of the Year for 2023 are, of course, the acclaimed Anthony Bowens and Max Caster. Act 2, Benjamin Harlan and Jack Knudsen out of the UK. Adventures in Science, uh, Darwin uh, <laughs> Darwin Finch and Laura Frazier out of the Bay Area. Um, Pussy, Ali Catch and Effie. The Caution, uh, Dark Sheik, Anton Voorhees, and Vipress. Uh, Creeps, uh, Andy Ripley and Irving West, Money, Power, Respect, Fabuloso, Fabricio, and Marco Mayor, MSP, Agro, and Danger Kid. I apologize, my voice is starting to go a little bit here. The Runway, Calvin Couture and Tyler Klein, um, and Wasteland War Party, Heidi Howitzer and Max the Impaler. And you could have had Max and Palm in there too. Very easily. Very Max and Palm got votes, got nomination votes. Uh, not enough to make the top 10, but I'm sure I'm very curious to see how that plays out next year. But for this year, 10 outstanding heavy hitting tag teams all across the country and, and beyond over to the UK. Um, but only one can stand at the top. And that theme for this year is once again, the acclaim. Uh, the acclaim two years in a row are our QWI tag team of the year. Um, obviously we talked a lot about Anthony earlier with, with the moment of the year, um, but the acclaimed continue to be like major parts of AEW programming, uh, over the, over the last year. And it's been really cool to see that, that growth and that rise has not stalled like really over the, over the last year for them. Yeah. Like I, cause honestly I was, you know, once they lost the belts or whatever, I was thinking, you know, oh, they'll get buried now, you know, and because it's just kind of an AEW thing. But, um, yeah, they've, I mean, I think they kind of, like, forced themselves onto show, you know what I mean? Onto, like, almost every show, just because the reaction that they get every time they come out. They get one of the biggest reactions of anybody on the card. No, they definitely do. Like, they are just uh, out, outstanding in terms of like personality, I think really personality is where they've 
really grown a lot to stand out from the rest of the crowd at AEW to the point that like they don't need the tag team championships to to be seen that way. I mean, the trios belts are great. I love you know the the pink trios belts that they have right now, you know, with the scissor straps and everything like that. But just look at at like you know the work that they did with with MJF in the later part of the year too. You know, like this oh, with Max's crush. Yeah, like bringing finally bringing that social media thing to <laughs> to the people on on television. This this whole this whole thing with Anthony and and Billy trying to teach Max how to like interact with MJF and trying to like actually like you know be a personable person <laughs> as opposed to just a a living breathing uh like thirst Man. you know so. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious about as someone who has definitely like not been been tuning in for for AEW uh, for personal choice. I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on on the choice here of the acclaimed. You know, um, I don't really have any real thoughts on the acclaimed. <laughs> I just I just don't watch mainstream wrestling. I just don't. But that being said, I do kind of wonder if. Like when you were announcing all of the nominees when I was voting, I was like, I have to, I, I want to vote for all my friends because I wanted, I want to vote for the runway. Love Tyler and Calvin. I want to vote for Creeps. Love Andy and Irv. I want to vote for MSP. Love Danger Kid and Agro. Like I want to vote for Blissey because I love Allie and Effie. And so part of me wonders if maybe the indie vote didn't split a little bit more. Because there were so many phenomenal choices. Love them all so very much. Some of them, just my, my favorite people to watch wrestling. I, in particular, have really loved seeing um, Creeps really rise rise up and get that nomination. And get a lot more recognition. Because they haven't done an Effie's Big Gay Brunch. And I know that they were doing the full queer stuff this year, but they're really, you know, putting themselves out there and really putting in the miles because I think they're based out of Georgia. Like, yeah, they're really pushing because they don't have a lot of, whereas, you know, like, don't get me wrong. Like I love MSP and Maine is like up there in the middle of nowhere (laughs) too, but you know, limitless has such a following and to have been on Limitless and have that IWTV presence. And I think that they kind of have, you know, a little bit more recognition. They've been on a couple of big gay brunches, I think, at least one. Um, so to see uh, somebody like Creeps really, you know, get that like groundswell vote or however you want to look at it, where it's like they've just been putting in the miles and putting in the work and, I hope that um, 2024, a lot more people get to see them. Yeah, I think I think the creeps are just, you know, those people that work really hard and will go anywhere and just have crazy good matches and have these weirdly amazing personalities. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, creeps is... A- I, I say this all the time when I when I talk about creeps that they are like the one of the most, if not the most, unique tag teams on the independents right now. Just in terms of personality, in terms of like 
not in both inside the ring and outside of the ring, you know, but just also like how they like look at structuring matches and, and their focuses on, you know, what they want to say through their wrestling. Just is really creeps definitely are, are a team that's on the rise and are definitely putting in the miles, like you said, Val. Um, in terms of where they've been, they've been all over the country this year, which is yeah, they'll be up in really um, um, New Jersey for the lab show, X lab show, too. Yep, and there, you know, there's always a lot of discourse, however, you want to look at that word <laughs> discourse in independent professional wrestling surrounding doing promos and doing more than just you know, liking and art, you know, liking and retweeting your match graphic or whatever and creeps do not hesitate to throw out a promo and they're they're always very interesting um and it just shows their personality and i think that that's really built a lot for them is just being people being able to see them more than just oh they've done a match but to see those promos and kind of get to know them a little bit better and they're just so so entertaining such lovely people i love creeps no, I'm right. I'm right there with you. And I would say similar things, maybe not exactly similar things, but to a similar extent, the growth that we've seen for Act Two in the UK. Um, you know, getting a shot at the Impact, you know, World Tag Team Titles over there, you know, having standout matches with with Bussy and TNT Extreme, and really getting higher profile spots within the greater UK indie scene. Uh, too like it's been really cool to see what Benjamin and, and Jack have continued to build themselves into um over the last I think that year, um year you know the having the um the, the gig gate brunch over in the UK and then like GCW having those matches over there too I think that you know helped open you know some eyes over here to the talent that's over there. Oh for sure for sure it, it's definitely putting people like new people on fans radar over here as well it's really awesome to see um and speaking of talking about you know kind of bridging that international gap let's talk about international lgbtq wrestler of the year of course this is uh for the top lgbtq pro wrestler that is based outside of the united states um which again like amazing to see the amount of the uk talent on here the amount of talent from like all different parts of the world that are represented on this list here. Um, I think this year we had like the most total nominees uh, that we've had, like just under 50 different pro wrestlers from all over the world receive nomination votes. Um, we whittled it down to these top 10 that we have here. Uh, and the nominees for uh, International LGBTQ Wrestler of the Year are Adam Bolt out of the UK, Alex Mays out of Canada, Charlie Evans out of Australia, Charlie Morgan out of the UK, Shea Monet out of the UK, specifically Scotland, uh, Commander Sterling out of the UK, uh, Harley Hudson out of the UK, Helen Charlotte Campbell out of the UK, Jetta <laughs> out of the UK, <laughs> and Vinny out of Japan. Ooh, that collection of names is just astounding. And just reading it off right now before we... Like, the winner like just to see the amount of like women and and non-binary people amazing for me personally to see um like charlie morgan and jetta are just icons oh 100 percent 100 percent they um and and continuing to 
like be the forces that the, that they are now after like holding down that scene for as long as mm-hmm. they have. It's just really cool to see. Um, but our winner for 2023 is Harley Hudson. Mm-hmm. Harley Hudson, a big year for her over there. Of course, you know, at the Big Gay Brunch UK, like winning the Rainbow Rumble, like eliminating Paro last to win that, becoming TNT Extreme Women's Tag Team Champion with Lizzie Evo. Um, winning the Impact Gut Check uh, competition during their UK tour, and you know, earning the that right to come train in, in North America and possibly have a route into the company there. Like it's just really awesome to see a huge year for for Harley all around um, in terms of like gaining new opportunities and, and gaining like new audiences to perform in front of here. Obviously, like it's a huge thing for for her in this list of outstandingly popular and talents that have had amazing accomplishments this year um, for her to, to get this nod. So I will turn it over uh, to y'all. If y'all have any additional thoughts to share about Harley getting this win here. I think this was the first year I really was um, made aware of her. Um, I saw her. I definitely saw her in the rumble and then um, um, what was her tag team? Scouse and Proud. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. They had a they had a I saw a really killer match of ours. And I I really like that. So like everything I've seen from her, I I've loved. You know, I'm not I'll be honest, I'm not that familiar with her. Um I think I remember seeing her on the on the uh because she was on the UK GCW stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure that's probably where I picked up her, like picked her up and started following her on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, I like that person. Oh, that person's interesting. Um, so, um, you know, I wish I had more to say about her. I just don't. But she's definitely somebody that I will be, you know, actively seeking out more of in 2024. Um, I'm very surprised um, that she took the win on this with people with such heavy social media following like commander sterling and charlie evans um so it's very interesting to me to see that somebody kind of i don't want to say maybe like a a sleeper but somebody maybe not as popular at least on social media or or over over on our side of the pond maybe you know like i might show like her real um popularity over there right now yeah. 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 I think it definitely speaks to the, her, her popularity in the UK, um, for sure. You know, because like obviously like for you for US audiences, the main places you're going to see her are on those GCW shows. Um over over there, right? But um, you know, within the UK scene, she's she wrestles like all over the place. She's held titles all over the place. She had a really fun uh, you know, title feud with um Tyler Adams in, in uh Russell Island earlier this year as well not to mention a fun feud in pcw with commander sterling um you know and like she just does a whole lot of like uh really interesting things with a lot of different promotions and she's starting to get a lot more like high profile spots in some of the major uk promotions as well and it's really i don't know this is really cool to see like and then she's someone that has been putting in a lot of work in the past like two to three years to continue building her profile and building her character to the point where like she is 
gotten this international recognition, especially I think the impact gut check when I think was a huge moment for her um, in terms of international audiences, because, you know, one, it gives her a path to be on more shows that cater to the international audience, especially the U.S. audience, you know, with impacts um, fan base here. Um, but it also gave a, an even more like higher point of pride for the UK pro wrestling scene to have someone like Hudzilla, you know, who has been putting in that work for the, the number of years that she has to be recognized in, in that way in the scene. I know whenever it was announced that she won that just to see the sheer amount of people from the UK pro wrestling scene that were just like over the moon that she had won that and were congratulating her online. It was just amazing, amazing to see. So um, Hudzilla definitely how, worthy. And how cool of an opportunity will that be like to see her get more matches in impact just, you know, with, with the diversity in their, um, in their women's division there too. Exactly. Like I, I would, I, I tell you as soon as she won that, like the first match I would want to see selfishly is probably her and Jordan Grace, just based okay. off of like the character, you know, the, the whole like Hudzilla sort of like, you know, being this like muscle mountain going against like the muscle mommy of impact <laughs> that way. But like, I'm like, I would love to see her against Giselle. I'd love to see her against Trinity against Diana, like so many, so many people. Yes. Oh my God. Her and Sunny Kiss would be an amazing match. <laughs> so like, and, and and it's not just about her in ring work either. It's her personality too. Like she is a very like tongue in cheek personality that can turn intense very quickly. Um, and it's it's I don't know. She's someone who definitely has like bigger platforms in in her future for sure. If it doesn't necessarily work out with Impact, I feel like that's someone who could definitely continue to make a name for herself uh, in the pro wrestling world going forward. So, yeah. And you can honestly say the same about a lot of the people that were nominated here too. Like it's just, this is a stacked category um, for sure. But congratulations to, to Harley um, again. And that's going to bring us to the flowers award, which is our award celebrating LGBTQ pro wrestling figures uh, for their contributions um, in and out of the ring in non-wrestling capacity. You know, more about you know impacts on culture, more about impacts on um, communities and, and that sort of thing here. Past winners include uh, Dark she or Sunny Kiss, rather, sorry, Sunny Kiss um, and Poyo Del Mar. Um, so this is always kind of, I think, viewed as one of the, the more uh, prestigious awards that we do on the show here and we have a awesome collection of nominees this year for that as well um starting off with ac mac you know we i think we've covered the legacy of ac mac very very astutely um previously on the show here adam bolt uh you know up and coming wrestler in the uk very very vocal about his own like coming out story and about his own how that's impacted his growth there and has really impacted a lot of people around him in the UK wrestling scene for that. Dark Sheik, um, what else can be said about Dark Sheik? Like, you know, like just amazing, amazing um, figure for, you know, representation and it continues to be a voice um, for the, for a lot of you know, underrepresented groups in the, in the world of pro wrestling. Effie, 
along very similar lines. <laughs> like what else can be said about Effie? Um, Jack Burley, uh, of course, the host of the BBC LGBT sport podcast, you know, someone who's really doing a lot to highlight the LGBTQ community and the pro wrestling world over in the UK through his work. Uh, Kid Bandit, you know, not just as a wrestler, but now as a like a, a behind the scenes like creative person with Pandemonium Pro in LA is uh, doing a lot of work there as well as you know, building a very wide community uh, for herself. Uh, Marco Mayor, you know, one half of the, the crew behind Full Queer at this point is putting in a lot of great work in the Bay Area. Um, Poyo Del Mar, um, for all of the various things that we have covered about what she does to continue to bring new audiences and new eyes to the pro wrestling space. Rosie Fingers, again, for, you know, her work with Full Queer in a behind-the-scenes capacity as well as a, as a wrestler in the ring as well. And Veda Scott. You know, someone who we talked about, very, very outspoken, you know, proponent of these conversations around gender and, and queerness in the pro wrestling space and, and not sacrificing those aspects of themselves to continue to see her career rise in the way that it has and her voice grow because of that. So, 10, I would say, very, very deserving nominees for this award here. Um, but the winner for 2023 is kid bandit i think kid bandit has done like a, a as good of a job as almost anybody of getting people that you know like weren't wrestling fans or you know like were um you know in the queer community but definitely not um followed wrestling or something like that and he has i'm sorry she has got them to come over um and watch wrestling and enjoy it and i think that's huge I think she's relatable to a lot of people like right now, just generally, but especially maybe queer people. Uh, they've she's been very open with her own, you know, mental health struggles. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, you know, a lot of people have been struggling and have been struggling for a while since, you know, really 2020 with the pandemic and trying to figure out, you know, everything's, you know, getting a lot tougher for, you know, a lot of people and to have somebody that's being open and honest about their struggles really hits home with people that are struggling as well. Like I know, like just for my own self, like I've, you know, I've finally got my ADHD diagnosis this year, which has helped immensely with a lot of things that I was struggling with that I thought were just like, I'm just a shitty person, but it's not, I'm just a shitty person. It's like, maybe there's something else going on or like people that are struggling with depression or looking for someone to just, you know, not feel so alone about your own struggles to see somebody that especially, you know, that you would look up to in some manner because of, you know, her wrestling or her creative, you know, other pursuits that she has. And I think that a lot of people identify with that. And just to be so vulnerable and open about, you know, that part of yourself with veritable strangers that maybe don't have anybody else or that are feeling you know, abandoned and alienated and kind of banding together for that. 
Yeah, I think the, that really speaks to this aspect of community building that Bandit has really fostered, um, not just this year, but throughout her career, her very young career in, in the ring, you know. And to, to that end, talking about, like, you know, being open about her own, you know, struggles, you know, with mental health and, and other aspects like that, she's also been very open about, you know, her own, like, journey to gender affirmation, transitioning, and, and all these various different aspects that I think speak to a, a, a growing trans pro wrestling fan community as well and, and bring people into to the, the joys and and also like you know the, the struggles that come with with that journey as well you know it, it's she's been someone that I think has been a real focus of trans joy in the pro wrestling space alongside people like Dark Sheik you know I feel like th those two in the US specifically, and Edith, you know, I think those three are really like the three people that people have super latched onto when it comes to trans identities in the pro wrestling space and, you know, having the support to, to get the votes to win this award just speaks volumes to what she represents to so many people right now. And I think with focusing on the good, you have to focus on like the bad things that that she's dealt with and like all of the you know any trans wrestler or um has had to deal with on social media and things like that and you know how eloquently um she's dealt with that and you know edith has dealt with that and she you know because it's not easy obviously yes yes it is it is very it is very hard i think to to navigate those sort of waters and and still remain like with somewhat of a positive focus and a positive like viewpoint in, in those ways and to see like the power that those three have really shown um in in keeping those 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 spaces the way that they have has been really amazing to watch over the last few years so definitely worthy of of our flowers award for this year kid bandit and that is going to bring us to our final award of the day or night, whatever. It's turned to night over here for me now. So we can just all, we're all at nighttime now as we were talking about this, uh, about these awards here. LGBTQ Wrestler of the Year. This is overall, this is including the US, this is including international, this is for the entire world. LGBT, the top LGBTQ Wrestler of the Year in the world for 2023 is voted by the fans and listeners of LGBT in the ring. And we have another just rogues gallery of outstanding talent here in our in our 10 nominees for this award. Uh, kicking off with Ali Ketch, Anthony Bowens, Ashton Starr, Dark Sheik, Edith Surreal, Effie, Kid Bandit, Max the Impaler, Sandra Moon, and Sunny Kiss. Um, representation from all over the, the pro wrestling space, space both, um, you know, major televised companies and the independents. Um, outstanding to see all of these names, some, you know, returning favorites from, from the nominees in past years, some new names as well. People like Sandra Moon, you know, getting, getting that nomination there is a really fun thing for me to see personally as, as a West Coast denizen, so to speak. But our winner for 2023, LGBTQ Pro Wrestler of the Year, is Kid Bandit. 
Kid Bandit wins, just barely edging out both Effie and Alley Catch for, for this year, for this year's award here. Obviously, we've spoken at length about Kid Bandit's impact on the, the greater pro wrestling community. Um, I guess now we can maybe turn inward toward the ring a bit and, and just amazing. Like Kid Bandit is someone who obviously has had like a giant meteoric rise in recent years, you know, so quickly being pushed up to the point where they are an internationally known star um, and continue to have outstanding matches as, as well, whatever, you know, wherever they pop up and really fun matches too. Um, I guess I'll, I'll turn it over to, to y'all for any additional thoughts on our, our winner here, Kid Bandit for LGBTQ Pro Wrestler of the Year. Yeah, I mean, like, I think, um, yeah, she always has great matches, always entertaining matches, and um, obviously always has that very, very large fan base that reaches past, you know, your regular wrestling fan base. You know, I think one of the things I like about Kid Bandit's matches is that you're not seeing the same match every time, either... You know, she's not having the same match every time, but also she's not having the same match as everyone else on the card. Mm-hmm. Her matches are different. They're fun. They have moments of humor and athleticism. And she really does try to showcase a lot in her matches. And I think that that's something that, you know, translates to not just wrestling fans, but, you know, other people with eyeballs, I guess. Like to like draw them in <laughs> if it's not the athleticism, maybe it's the, you know, the little funny thing, or maybe it's her overall look. Um, you know, she def anime is huge. She definitely, you know, can catch those kinds of fans that are looking at something different. And I think that's part of what makes her stand out so much is that she's always doing something different than the other people on the card. Yes, that is that is definitely true. Like you never necessarily sometimes you can expect what to see in, in any given match depending on like who Kid Bandit is facing or like the promotion that she's at, but there's always this ability to kind of turn that on its head a bit that we see with her. Um and also like just and this goes for a number of other people on the list here in our nominee list here as well. Not only in terms of like elevating herself, but elevating the people that she's in the ring with as well. You know, like I think one match that really stands out to me through my like QWI search earlier this year was watching a match that she had up in Canada at Courage Bro with another trans wrestler named uh, Ryder Furlong that was just amazing to see because like during Ryder's entrance, there was a fan in the front row who got transphobic during Ryder's entrance. And like Ryder immediately called it out and like yelling this person down and, you know, immediately like security like came in and that person ended up getting kicked out. But the first thing that Bandit did whenever Ryder got in the ring is like Ryder came out with a trans flag. Like Bandit was immediately like, no, like, give me, let me see this flag. Like you get this corner, I get this corner. And they were holding up this trans flag and like looking at this person and just like, you know, shouting down this transphobe and like celebrating know trans identities in that ring while like the rest of the crowd was applauding and this person was getting kicked out like it's it's standing alongside the people that she stands with and using her voice in in that way 
too within the pro wrestling space, you know, and to elevate people within that community too. And and that's you know, we've seen similar things from a lot of the people that are nominated here as well. Um and I think that's just that's definitely not a a characteristic that is unique to the LGBTQ pro wrestling world, but it is one that I think is elevated because of the nature of the communities that you were standing up for, the people that you were standing up for and standing beside, you know, and, and Kid Bandit continues to do that. And I think that's a very heavy influence on the continued growth of, of her fan base and, and I think the, um, the respect that people put on her name as well. And that's, I mean, that's awesome. And that's hugely important because like being an, an old wrestling fan and um, you know, it wasn't, you didn't always feel safe at wrestling shows. Even now, you know, there's certain promotions you'll go to and not necessarily feel safe. So, um, I mean, all these people on the list um, do a great job of, you know, if you know they're on the card, you're going to feel okay. You know? Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it's, and it's, Worthy of the honor of 2023 LGBTQ Pro Wrestler of the Year here in the QWI Awards. Um, you know, Kid Bandit, again, congratulations for the win there. Congratulations to all of the winners here at the 2023 QWI Awards as we shut the book on 2023 for the QWI and move on to 2024 and to see what that year will bring us um, in terms of new new things, new people, new looks, new matches all different kinds of newness um, because we know that the queer community knows how to change things up and bring things that are unique to the pro wrestling space year after year. I am excited to see what that, what that growth brings in 2024 and beyond. But uh, for this year, congratulations to all the winners and I will turn it over to, to you, Don and Val for any final thoughts as we, as we close up the celebration for 2023. Um, I just think, I think, um, every year it gets better, you know, obviously, you know, because you do the list, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we, um, yeah, we definitely have more every year. It seems like we have more representation in wrestling, which is freaking amazing. Um, and we have more, um, people, um, taking a higher profile too. um, like your Tony Storms. Um, your Anthony Bowens, your um Max Impaler, um Alex Kane, um just like being amazingly authentic people, and like I think that's might be one of the biggest things, you know, like all these people that won these awards, you know, like yeah, wrestling's fake, rah rah rah, but they are authentic people too, you know, and I think that's kind of the most. And to kind of what you were saying, I guess you had mentioned Alex Kane, and to see more people being feeling empowered to represent their their queerness or to come out from, especially from areas like the South or you know the Midwest, where it's maybe not as accepted or you know for your geographical region or for the culture that you have um and to feel empowered enough to come out at least in wrestling and be out and proud and 
you know, just be out there doing it, being proud of who they are and feeling like it's safe for them to do so. And, you know, to get maybe acceptance, at least in wrestling, that they maybe don't have at home or, you know, within their family or whatever. And that's really been something that I really enjoyed seeing is people finding their their family through wrestling and just having, you know, again, to what Don was saying and to you, Brian, the amount of work that you do on that QWI 200, I can't, I can't imagine having to go through and do all that. Bless your heart. Um, <laughs> but, you know, five years ago, would there have been 200 people you could put on a list? And now there's so many, so many more. Like, good wrestlers easily leaving off, you know? Yeah. Right? Like, it's not, it's not that you've, you've ranked the only 200 queer wrestlers. This is, there's just so many. It's, it's a beautiful thing to see. And I can only hope that more people either that are already in wrestling feel empowered and safe to come out and be their authentic selves if they want to. And that more people look to wrestling and see themselves represented in it and start enjoying the product and, you know, heaven forbid we make new wrestling fans. (laughs) Heaven forbid. No, like I, I'm, I'm with both of y'all in that. And, and, like you said, the numbers the numbers keep going up. They're and and that's the beautiful thing to see. Like last year, it was right around five hundred people that were evaluated for the list. This year it was five hundred fifty, right? Like just under five hundred fifty. So like that community is gonna this community is gonna keep growing. Like that's not even counting like the number of people that are training right now. Like there's like there's people that are gonna be taking these various regional seeds by storm. In the next few years, well, I know I know a couple here that might be making your list in a year. I bet I bet you do. <laughs> There's a number of the of people up in up in the Pittsburgh area and definitely down in the southeast too that are <laughs> that are making their names. You know that I'm having my eye on for sure. Um, not to mention you know the West Coast and the Northeast, all over the place. There's, there's people that are scoring, and I think that's the beautiful thing about it is it's not just a North American thing. You know, it is it truly is a global thing that we are watching grow and 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 continue to be cultivated and be accepted by scenes all over all over the globe you know it's just it's it's beautiful and i'm here for it all the time as much work as goes into that that 200 list and as much like brain as brain fried as i can be whenever i'm finally done with it um it is it is a labor of love it always is and i absolutely have no plans of stopping this this whole thing going forward and i'm thankful to have people like 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 don and val and all the other various guests on this show that we've had over the last four years that 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 lgbt in the ring has been running to continue to show that community's growth and to show how how wide and, and and speak to um the continued widening of of the community within the pro wrestling space too so i can't thank y'all enough for coming on the show today to run through this this marathon of a of a award ceremony that we have here and i'm very very thankful for for y'all taking your time out to to come on the show and talk about these things with me today 
You are so welcome. I was honored that you would even ask me. Thank you, Brian. Oh, of course, of course. Let everybody know where they can find y'all online and follow your work as well. You know, like, like I said, this is all about about elevating people, for God's sake. So let everybody know where they can find y'all online. Um, I'm on um Twitter at Don Hollowell one. Hollowell is like the um Spice Girl or people from Charmed. And so it's D-O-N Hollowell one on Twitter. And then um I write for PW Ponderings every typically Monday or Tuesday, depending on how well how many matches I need to watch. Um I'll have a list of um the results of all the women's matches from the previous week and um any like news announcements, anything like that. Um so that just came out today at PW Ponderings for to cover the past week. Um and obviously um I make occasional appearances on um grit and glitter. I um, I am Val Pancakes pretty much everywhere. Val.pancakes on Instagram. Um, wherever you find your Val Pancakes, it will probably be me. Um, I've had this name for a long time. <laughs> but um, you can find me as an occasional contributor to Grit and Glitter, which I very much love. Um, I tend to write newsletters. I feel like I write newsletters all the time and I don't know if they're any good, but bless your heart if you enjoy my newsletters um, for Grit and Glitter. Because who's boy howdy. Um, Val Pancakes pretty much everywhere. Um, if you want to catch old episodes of my podcast where I interviewed independent wrestling people and wrestlers and personalities, it is The Stack. You can find it at... Um, youtube or if you want to like watch me or just spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts it is the bald monkeys it is the stack that is me um i've interviewed and spoken with a lot of the people that we've talked about today um poyo msp rico so go go listen um there's some of them are a lot of fun and that's that's pretty much me <laughs> no, I, I will definitely vouch for both of y'all's work. Like I, I like I always like reading the the recaps uh that Don puts together and I will definitely highlight that MSP episode of the stack. It was a really fun one personally for me, uh watching that one. Uh, it's two great personalities on, on Danger Kid and Agro there. <laughs> oh, thank you. That was the longest episode of my podcast at like three and a half hours. <laughs> As someone who has had y'all on for a two and a half hour long podcast here today, like I can appreciate that for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again, Don Val. Thank you to everyone who voted and participated in the QWI Awards this year. Thank you for everyone who read the QWI 200 and shared that all around. Thank you for everyone that's been a guest on this show in 2023. We still have a couple episodes for the year, but this is like the culmination in a lot of ways for the year and and i cannot thank y'all enough so again thank you so much and uh yeah this has been a blast my thanks once again to val and don for coming on the show and uh helping to 
uh, unveil the winners of the 2023 QWI Awards here. Shout out and huge congratulations to all of the winners, all of the nominees, all of the people that were nominated, all the matches that were nominated, all of the promotions, events, moments, everything that received a nomination this year. Y'all turned out in mass this year. We, the most responses we've had to the QWI Awards in the three years that we've been doing it. And it warms my heart. And I honestly cannot thank all of y'all enough. And it gives me confidence to know that this is just going to continue to grow in 2024, 25, and however long this keeps going. And I plan on keeping that going for a while. So <laughs> so we'll shut the door on QWI season for 2023 officially now that we have uh, crowned our 2023 QWI Awards winners. Um, I guess that just means we're on the road to the QWI season 2024. 12 months from now. <laughs> so, yeah. Regardless, though, it's been a great year. It's been an amazing year. So much history made. So many uh, his, so many amazing moments. Um, so many people reaching new pinnacles in their career. Um, and seeing a whole lot of new people get theirs started. You know, it, it's been... It's truly an amazing... Uh, an inspiring thing to document in my role doing so. And I, I can't thank all of y'all enough for the support uh, for, for my work, both here on the podcast and at Outsports and over on the Patreon as well. You know, that's still in its infancy as well and, and learning the ropes of that a bit. And, and so we'll see how that goes. But Thank you to all the supporters. Thank you to all of the wrestlers and wrestling figures as well, because I wouldn't be able to do what I do without all of y'all achieving these amazing heights and, and you know, putting yourself out there and, and just doing the otherworldly stuff that y'all do. I, I am always um, sitting here in thanks of everything that, that y'all do. So, um, yeah, it's just an amazing year all around, all around. As always, if you would like to support the show, you can do so over at patreon.com slash LGBT ring pod. Uh, we have bonus shows go up there every month and, and joining the roster of lovelies over there at the $3 tier. will get you a shout out here on the show every single week. You can join uh, fellow lovelies such as Val Capone, Alex C., and Jerry Legend um, with that honor as well. And of course, the $5 tier, the bonus love tier, that's where the uh, the monthly bonus shows like Required Reading, um, I think is our most consistent one, Required Reading with my friend Hollis, where we talk about film and, and wrestling in conversation with one another. Um, that's at the $5 tier there. So definitely, if you can and feel so moved, um, you can go over there and support the show that way. Um, obviously, financial support isn't always the easiest for everyone. So keep spreading the word about the show. Rate and review on your podcast platform of choice, you know, wherever you listen to the show. And just uh, continue um, supporting us here at LGBT Ring Pod. You know, even if it's just some kind words on Twitter. Um, those those definitely go a long way for me personally. I, I know they do. I know they do. That's going to do it for us this week. Come back next week. We're going to have shows running through the holiday season here before we get to January and do our annual Journo January celebration there. Um, but until next week, y'all stay messy 
Wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible. Same goes for monkeypox. And again, congratulations to all of the winners and nominees for the QWI Awards here in 2023. Bye!